Good to have you on board today on a Thursday edition of the Bill Michael Show. Excited today. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, a, a couple of different reasons. One is obviously that, uh, you know, we're, we got the show. You and I are together. So always excited for that. Uh, I get excited today because uh, the Bucks tip off their season tonight. Not going to the game, but I am going to be downtown. Uh, I'm always excited when I get a chance to meet my son for dinner and uh, his wife. So we're going to go downtown tonight and uh, go to Calderon Club. And just after the crowd leaves to head down to the Pfizer Forum, uh, we're going to head in and grab some dinner and watch the game there and enjoy ourselves tonight. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I don't know what I don't know why today I woke up and I be, mainly because I think I just slept a, like my, a rock last night, but I uh, woke up today and got a good workout in and feel good today and energized today. And every now and then you really get into a good, you know, kind of a, a groove, right? And so today I got up, I worked out, felt great. Uh, I came home, grabbed a little something to eat and uh, I sat down. I, I talked to Ernie. Ernie, by the way, uh, bringing in Grant Bills. Ernie, uh, our buddy Ernie up in uh, Viroqua, wants you to come up there. I want to live part-time in Vir- Viroqua and Lacrosse. Yeah. That corner of the state is like yeah. my favorite place in the world. So I would love nothing more. Tell Ernie that. Yeah, so uh, I told him, I said, well, because you're not much of a, you're not a golfer, right? No, but I can, I can fake. Like I okay. can, so I can it, be out on the court with the fellas or the court, the course. Yeah. Well, you're already screwed up on the golf, so it's it's played on a course. Yeah. There. So, but but I said, you know, one of these times we do an appearance up there, we'll we'll get you up there, you know. And uh, so we were we were kind of you know BSing around a little bit, but he said, hey, we got a lot of streams up here. He knows you're a fly fisherman because he listens. So he said, hey, there's there's streams and rivers all over the place up here to oh, fly yeah. fish in. So maybe he said that's that's what they do, you know, as we we bring you up for that. So I'm talking to Ernie. I got off the air. Or got off the air. Got off the phone with Ernie because I was doing some stuff on the air with him. I got done doing that this morning, and I I usually take like 10 minutes where I just go sit in the living room, look out the front window, watch the world go by. I scroll like my notes. I make a lot of notes on my phone. Uh, when I'm working out at the gym, I'll think of a lot of stuff, and I'll go, okay, I want to ask this question, or maybe I want to answer this question, or whatever, you know. And so this morning I start scrolling. And did you – now, did you get a chance to listen to what I sent you? Or told you to look at? Yeah, the the Phillies clip. I have the audio here. Let me pull it up. It is, it is, it, it made me laugh so hard. And part of it, it doesn't do it justice because you listening to me right now, and even on the live stream, we don't have the video on the live stream, but the 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 video of it is hilarious. But it is a guy called Padres Blogger. He's the Padre Blogger. He's a he's a San Diego Padres fan. But he's in Philadelphia the other night for Game 7 when they got beat by the Arizona Diamondbacks. And he he puts a Phillies jersey on to act like he's a Philly fan. Okay? And he then stands outside of Citizens Bank Park. And he's got a cameraman and he says, we got to find out what Philly fans think about the end of their season. And as posing as a Philly fan, he stands outside of Citizens Bank Park. I, I think I just spit on my computer. I was laughing. And he asks Phillies fans, you know, hey, how was the season? How do you feel? And do you have it? Yeah, I got it ready to go. It's okay. about a minute 25. It, 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 take, take a li- <laughs> This is Phillies fans, okay? We always know Philadelphia is a very hard place, and their fans are tough, right? Uh, a lot of it you may not hear because it's bleeped out. 
Take a listen to this because this this made me crack up. Here's here's Padre blogger asking, posing as a Philly fan, saying, "How do you feel right after Game Seven? Let's see what people got to say. We had a home field for two games, two games, and you let them come here and beat us. Phillies need to sell Trey Turner. That guy's a fucking idiot. We went farther without that guy. Fuck the Phillies, honestly. Let's trade the whole fucking team. This team fucking blew today. I want to say that I'm fucking depressed. I had to ask nine people for this fucking cigarette. Philly fans, we always stink. Disappointment. Yeah. Oh, man, that was just straight garbage. This sucks. I hope they never fucking play a baseball game again. Swing. Fire Topper. Topper. What's up, man? Feeling like I want to go lay in traffic. Fuck all them bitch-ass motherfuckers that couldn't get a hit when we mother. Um, I love how we spent 700 mil for guys to go 0 for 12 combined. Let's go Jets. It's <laughs> a good point. Well, I'm feeling good because, you know, we still got the birds. Go birds! Go birds! Hit the fucking ball, man. Come on, really? Hit the fucking ball. Overpaid animals. Fuck that. Hey, wait, where'd you get this banana? From a homeless guy. Hey, how do we feel about dancing on my own as a song moving forward? You gotta cut it. Time to retire. Find something new. Still fires up the crowd. Well, I'm pretty sure it didn't work this year, so it's gotta go. No fucking on! I'm crying instead of dancing! I get shitty ass fucking song. They need to ditch that shit. I don't want to hear that song ever again. How about you shut up? Oh my god. That is Philly fan leaving. <laughs> that is. That is a compilation of about, what is it, like 30 people? Something like that? 30, 40 people? I mean, it is just, it goes, it's just fan after fan after fan after fan after fan. <laughs> and then the guy goes, Where'd you get that banana? He's like, Got it from a homeless guy. It's a community outside that ballpark, the homeless and the, the housed alike. <laughs> what kind of answers would you get from Brewers fans after? Losing to the Diamondbacks. I'd be curious to compare the two videos. Oh, my God. Oh, that was that was awesome. <laughs> I just. Oh, my God. I had to ask 10 people for an effing cigarette. <laughs> I mean, that, that's ridiculous. After a loss, you shouldn't have to work that hard to, to get a dart. I agree with, with that person. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. I woke up, and I had a great day, and then I saw that, and I have an even better day. Oh, my God. You would get out of Brewers fans. Boy, that's a good question. Every now and then, you'd, you'd probably get somebody angry and drop an F-bomb or two. Absolutely. But I think most Brewers fans were realistic. Like, we weren't really supposed to be in the postseason to begin with. This was kind of a beginning of the rebuild. And, you know, uh, you know, with all this great pitching, we wasted it with terrible effing hitting. I could see, you know, <laughs> I could see a few F, F Jesse Winkers uh, being dropped. But I, you know, God almighty, I, I don't think it's anything like that. That is, that is classic. That is classic Philadelphia, Philadelphia fan right there. But it just kills me. The guy <laughs> He says, what's your reaction? The guy doesn't say anything. He looks down and he's like, where'd you get the banana? A homeless guy. <laughs> oh, my God. That is just awesome. That is just awesome. I like the older guy that's just like, hit the effing ball. Got to hit the effing ball. You know, oh, my God. That's that's hilarious. Yeah, they're out on that Trey Turner. Me. Overpaid. Right? They paid hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars for a couple of these guys, and they didn't do anything in the, in the NLCS, right. at least.
Yeah. Well, the only guy that really kind of earned the money was Bryce Harper, who was tearing the cover off the ball. The problem was in the in the biggest moment of the game, in the biggest moment of game seven, when they needed him the most and they had runners in scoring position to be able to tie that thing up, he popped up. He just he kind of just missed it. Uh, but oh man, that's that's hilarious. Holy holy crap. <laughs> that's Oh, that was awesome. So hopefully we at least uh, brought a, a smile to your day. That was that was picture perfect. So anyway, uh, th- on that note, uh, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur uh, from yesterday's presser. We didn't get a chance to listen to it uh, yesterday, so we're going to hear part of it today. I uh, got some Jordan Love sound. We got all kinds of stuff from inside uh, the Green Bay locker room today. We also have fantasy football. Paul Charchian is going to be here. We'll even talk with him a little bit about this Vikings team because – uh, obviously, he lives in Minnesota. He's part of the postgame show for the Minnesota Vikings. So uh, we'll talk to Paul today about that and take your fantasy football questions. So if you've got any today, it's fantasy football day today. So we got all of that coming up. Uh, I uh, Did you happen to watch any of, and again, I don't do it a lot, but I was scrolling through and I saw them breaking down Jordan Love and the throws uh, this morning. And Dan Orlovsky, I love Dan Orlovsky. If Dan Orlovsky had his own show, I would watch that every day. I love when he breaks down film and he tries to explain what things are going on, if you will, with Green Bay. And he was showing uh, this morning uh, on GetUp a lot of different, you know, looks that Jordan Love was up against. And uh, some of them just, some of the incompletions he had were just, the, 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 the attention to detail was terrible. You know, there was a screen pass to Aaron Jones where Aaron Jones got hung up in the backfield by a defensive lineman. Uh, there was the one where Christian Watson and Romeo Dub ran the exact same route. Uh, you've got another one where Christian Watson on a quick out, which was supposed to be kind of a almost almost like a, a wide receiver bubble screen, and instead nobody blocked anybody, and it went for a three-yard loss. Uh, there was pressure. Uh, it, it just it was a myriad of problems that they highlighted this morning. So on one hand, we do watch. Jordan Love and the inaccuracy. Uh, on the other hand, we do also understand the growing pains. But at what and, and I want to ask this before I go to break. They talked about well attention to detail. Then they talked about it feels like we haven't played in forever. Then they talked about we can't get into a routine. Then they talked about well you know you've got injuries. They at what point do the excuses stop? And if you execute plays the way they are drawn up on some of these, when you when they started to break these plays down and show you what the problems were, at what point do you just look and go, the attention to detail just isn't there. So who do you blame that on? Is it the individual player? Because there was breakdowns everywhere. It wasn't like it was just one lineman who missed a block. I mean, it was numerous plays that were numerous people, um, you know, missed their assignment. You know, I – most of me wants to say that's coaching, man. If you can't get guys to pay attention to the details, then you're not a coach. Then you need to move on. If they're not paying attention to you, then you got to find somebody. Um, you know, I then you got to find somebody that you know that can, can relate to these guys. So, anyway, uh, that being said, I wanted to ask that question before we go to break. So, uh, anyway. Um, this, uh, this portion of the program, by the way, brought to you by our friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. At Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, you know that uh, the cold weather's coming. You know the winds are starting to blow, and you're going to feel it. If not this weekend, you're certainly going to feel it next week. And uh, if you have not called them yet for that free in-home consultation, 
You should. That's Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. They have a lot of great things going on right now, and they have something aligned for everybody, whether it's the vinyl windows, the impervia windows, which is stronger than fiberglass, or it's the wood windows and uh, many different uh, innovations like the slider window. They've got the roll screens on the inside of the glass where you, they basically become invisible. Uh, they have so you know, hardware on the inside, the outside, the interior, their exterior, curb appeal. I mean, there's so many different reasons to add these things to your house, and it adds a ton of value if you're thinking about even selling your home. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That's P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com, or call them. Again, free in-home consultation, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. We'll be back right after this. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Serve restricted supplies. Showroom for details. Offers at 1031 to have you back this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at burn pit barbecue and uh i'll tell you this they uh now uh, have been seen on the home shopping network zoo lily the men's journal small business spotlight and uh, qvc and uh, they continue to grow they continue to get recognition because of two reasons one is they are an incredibly successful veteran-owned business, uh, but they're based right here in the state of Wisconsin. They're in Racine, Wisconsin. But it is you that put them on the map. Uh, you know, I, I, I talk about it because I love the product, and that's the reason I got involved with these guys to begin with. And it was actually at a Fisher House fundraiser that I first met these guys. They showed up because they wanted to support Fisher House and veterans and such. But I met these guys, and uh, I tasted the barbecue sauce, and I tasted the rubs and the hot sauce, and... I was like, wow, this this is really good. You need to get the word out because these guys were just two struggling guys working out of their garage. And we started putting it out there. They've, they work their asses off. Don't get me wrong. They're they everywhere. But uh, they are a, a rocketing business, and it's all because of you because many of you listen to the program, and you say, you know what, I'll give it a shot. And if you've got a barbecue lover in your life, if you've got somebody who loves to grill, uh, you know, everybody's into smoking meats and such now. These guys have a lot of different stuff to work with. And if you go to burnpitbbq.com, that's burnpitbbq.com, you can see what I'm talking about. That's burnpitbbq.com. And the guys over at Burn Pit Barbecue, they're just absolutely fantastic. Greg and Ben and their staff 
awesome, awesome people, and can't say thanks enough to them as they say thanks to you for putting them on the map. Uh, I got a text message that came in <laughs> during the break. Uh, when I was talking to you, Grant, this morning about that uh, clip from Philly fans, I had sent the information to Ben, Ben Kenny, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, did you see the guy on Instagram called Padres Blogger? He's posing as a Philly fan outside of Citizens Bank, blah, blah, blah. I said, the guy with the banana is cracking me up. Uh, I said, you got to watch it. I just got a text during the break, and it said, I didn't, I can't. I'm not in search of any content at the moment. I don't like sports. So <laughs> he told me yesterday. He's like, I don't care about sports right now. I'm like, you poor sap. Oh, my God. Uh, well, he kind of can't avoid it because it's what he does for a living at, at uh, the Whip in Philadelphia. So, <laughs> he's oh, that's just uh, poor Ben. That's it's the, like, you know, yeah. I just want to go give him a hug. That's the thing about this job is when you watch the Packers lose an absolute just heartbreaker on Sunday, it's like, well, can't wait to wake up tomorrow morning and make this my entire day because that's what it will be because of my job. So. Yeah. You, you kind of have to, and, and you could probably talk about this, Bill. In this business, you kind of got to, you don't compartmentalize because you want to remain a fan, but you can't let these losses eat you alive. Otherwise, this job will just make you miserable. It's it's what you, it, it, here's the thing. And, and, I, and I, I did a class um, at a college uh, recently, and I spoke uh, via Zoom. And one of the questions was, you know, oh, how do you remain, you know, doing what I do and you and I do, how do you remain so impartial? And my discussion was I'm impartial in a press box. I'm not impartial when I'm on the air because we get into this because we're fans to begin with. Um, The road to this is different. You know, my road started out doing, you know, uh, music radio and, and doing news. And this is what I always wanted to do. But going through the business, uh, and I hate to say back in the day, but back in the day going through the business, you kind of had to pay your dues. You had to go through certain things, certain towns and all that kind of stuff before you, you know, had this ability to do either your own show or be a part of one. But you get into this specific genre of business because you're a fan. That's what brings you here. It's not because, oh, man, I'm going through the job board and, oh, by the way, sports broadcasting looks cool. You don't do that. you got to be a fan of sports to begin with. Um, and even then it's unbelievably difficult to crack into certain things and actually, you know, get a decent job and make a little bit of money. And, and cause it's, the business is brutal. I would never tell anybody this is a great business because it's a very difficult business, but you get into this business as a fan. So the reason the show is what it is because we have fun in doing what we do and we're passionate about doing what we're doing. We're honest about doing what we do is because we're fans. So you don't hide your fandomonium. You you try to be analytical and keep reality as a part of it, but the passion that you have on the show and on the air, that's because you're a fan. So you don't change that. You don't go impartial. The only time you're impartial and the only time you don't cheer is, or scream and yell is when you're in a press box because that's like church. Other than that, no, I, I'm, I'm all over it. You know, that's what we do. That's what you do. That's what – I mean, I listen to Ebo and Rowdy in the morning. You know, there is – they're as passionate and as, you know, uh, adjective-driven as the rest of us uh, the day after a loss or the day after a win. So, you know, no, I'm, I'm good with that. I don't, I don't mind being passionate and having fun. But poor Ben. I mean, he takes it to a whole other level. You know, how do you – you can't – I mean, can you imagine Ben 
being the host the day after, like if he's like the, the midday host in Philadelphia and the day after the Phillies lose, he's got to go on the air and put some kind of a, uh, a discussion together about this. And, but yet he can't, I don't like sports. I can't talk about it. It's like, no, you can't do that. You know, you can't do that. So I, I get it. You know, I get Oh, my buddy Todd's he's still in therapy. <laughs> he said, I'm still, he's a bears fan. So he said he's still in therapy, you know, going on, going back years and years. So anyway, uh, but yeah, it's, it's funny uh, that uh, Ben texted me. said, I don't like sports. You know, I feel for Ben. I do, but I also watch my team lose four NFC championship games in seven or eight years. I right. We all go through it. Um, Absolutely. I'm not going to yeah. rub it in to Ben. Like, I'm not going to be a jerk about it, but every fan base goes through it. And Philly, they've come really close the last couple of years lost. They also won a Super Bowl in 2018, you know? Right. So things yep. tend to balance out, except for the Brewers. They never balance out. And they, out. they won a World Series not that long ago. Correct me if I'm wrong. And they played in one last year. And I, yeah. look, this a comment like this might age poorly, but like, I would be okay. Like, if I got to see my Brewers in the World Series and they lose, I'd still want to see them there, you know? Right. It would be incredible disappointment, but the, but the joy of getting to a World Series is enormous. I, you know, you, you, you can't, you know, I mean, God knows. We've been living off of 82 since 82, right? Brewers fans have been living off of that. I mean, how many times do you got to celebrate the 82 team? That's because all you got's all you got to hang on to until we get another so, team, yeah. Until you get another one in the in the World Series, so you know, my God, just to get to a World Series, I posted that yesterday when I when I uh, posted the picture from CBS Sports of all the teams that the Brewers have lost to in the postseason who have gone on to go to the World Series, and I said, I just in my lifetime before I die, I want to see the Brewers get to a World Series. I, I want to see them win a World Series, but I want to see them get back to a World Series, and it's you know, it's. <laughs> You know, but then again, um, you know, there's been a lot of success in this state as far as hope and postseason aspirations that are legitimate in so many different facets. We think about how blessed we are on one hand, where we've seen the Packers going back to 2011 get to and win a championship. They won a Super Bowl. They've been to four other NFC championship games. The Bucks have won a championship. They've been in the postseason pretty consistently with Giannis ever since. The Brewers went to an NLCS, came up short. But if you go over the last, say, decade of Brewers baseball, it's actually been more success than failure, which is fantastic. We have seen the the Marquette Golden Eagles went to a Final Four. We saw Bo Ryan got to a national championship game. We've seen success continuum there with the basketball program. And we've seen a lot of bowl games and pretty good football over the years through the Wisconsin Badgers. And we've seen uh, a D3 championship numerous times with UW-Whitewater. I mean, all in all, I think we're pretty good as a state. We even saw a Sweet 16 run out of UW-Milwaukee. I'm, I'm, I'm flying high right now. You can't say that about a lot of areas. So I'm good with that. Uh, a buddy of mine uh, who lives back in Cincinnati he, we were talking about this the other day, and he said, because he was reminding me, because I was talking about how, you know, sucked that the Brewers got beat, no offense, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know what? We'd kill just to be there. Now, then again, they've got the 1990 uh, Reds team, guided by Lou Pinella, that won a championship. So they did win a World Series. That was their fifth. They've got five World Series under their belt. But, I, you know, but they haven't really done anything since. So 
Ah, man, I'm I'm pretty happy with thing, the way things are right. And UW Volleyball, thank you very much. We saw uh, UW-Stevens Point men's basketball. We've seen success with women's hockey. Hell, we, we're, we're doing okay, you know, in the grand scheme of things. I'll take it. Now, you'd like to see more hardware in the trophy case. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, in the vast area of sports, I consider us to be unbelievably blessed here in the state of Wisconsin for everything we got that's pretty much on the positive. Pretty much on the positive. Uh, let's do this after I just blew a whole bunch of sunshine right up your skirt. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got a lot more to get to. This portion of the program brought, brought to you by Potawatomi Hotel Casino. They have got the food. They have got table games. They have got slots. They have got rock and brews that uh, opened up. They have also got the 360 bar. They've got sports uh, gambling in the sports book down there. They got it all and a great place to stay. That's Potawatomi Hotel Hotel and Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If by chance you are looking uh, in this holiday season to pop that question or pick up a piece of jewelry that is an anniversary band, a necklace, earrings, pendants, whatever, no better place to go. Make an appointment and go out to Kane and Kane Jewelers, K-O-E-H-N, Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. As they say, they want to rock your world. And uh, they do appointments. Uh, You can just walk into the store and kind of look around and browse. Uh, but they will educate you on everything you need to know when it comes to uh, buying that ring, that necklace, that anniversary ring, the pendant, whatever it happens to be. Uh, they can help you. Or you can just go in and see something you like and grab it up. You're good to go. But uh, go to Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. Andy also, Andy Kane also has a podcast at the bottom of the page. You click on it. It says Buy Like a Guy. You can click on the Buy Like a Guy podcast, and he does a lot of different stuff there as well. But uh Kane and Kane Jewelers, great place in West Bend. Great place in West Bend. Family owned for so many years, and uh, it is just uh, it, it's a great place to go. They're just really, really, really good people. So check out Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, this is from a Mark. Mark says, at what point do the Packers go to Sean Clifford? Uh, you know, it was funny because that was a discussion this morning on uh, Good um, um, Good Morning Football. Um, I think it was Good Morning Football. And they don't. They don't. They're not going to – I mean, unless there's an injury, they don't. They don't go. They don't go to Sean Clifford. And the reason why is because you've got so much invested in, um, in Jordan Love. You have a first-round draft choice invested in Jordan Love. You have – uh, money and the possibility of an extension or not invested in Jordan Love. Sean Clifford, you've got wrapped up. You know that he's going to be around for some years to come. Um, but, you, you know, you've got to find out what you have in this guy. You know, this is not about salvaging the season at this point. And I know that's not what people want to hear, but it's not. Uh, I, I just – I really wanted to see this team win enough games to possibly be on the cusp down the stretch of getting into the postseason. I just don't think that's going to happen. And I hate to be the giant bucket of cold water that I'm throwing on you at this point to wake you up and go, wait, you know, I keep thinking of, from years ago, the movie Moonstruck and, and Cher was in it and she slapped some guy in the face and went, snap out of it. And I, that's what I want to say, because the delusions of grandeur at this point, they have to be gone. This is a team that can't score. 
much less think about going to the postseason. Now, if they had a uh, a top ten defense, then I would probably say, you know what? I, okay, I, I'm I, I can see where maybe the defense could carry them if the offense could begin to come on. But the defense isn't even doing that, and they're dropping like flies. You've got Darnell Savage <coughs> and Eric Stokes both now going to the IR. Stokes going back to the IR. He only gets four plays after coming back, and then he's back on the IR. So I, I'm looking at this going, everything that we thought, it, it, at the beginning of the season, when you broke it all down, and, it's, and especially after the Bears game, okay, the talk was, boy, this doesn't look too bad. It's better than I thought it was. You know, boy, Jordan Love's got something. You know, this this Matt LaFleur did a pretty good job getting them ready for this team. We saw more movement. We saw wheel routes and screen plays and, you know, on and on. And we said, you know, if they can just get better throughout the season and the defense stays around top 10, whoa, maybe this team can find its way to 9 or 10 wins and find its way into the postseason, especially in a very soft NFC, right? That, that was our discussion. And I think it was – I, I think it was premature, but it was at least a look at the what-if reality, right? Maybe some optimism thrown in there, okay. But the what-if reality. Now, you've got a defense. And we went through the numbers yesterday. Yards per game, they're 16th. Points per game, they're 21st. Rush yards per game, they are ranked 30th. 30th. Out of 32 teams in the National Football League, this team is 30th. They still can't stop the run. Still can't stop it. And But they're eighth against the pass, which puts them at 16th in the middle of the league. So they're in the middle. Of the, they're, they're not top 10 on defense. Their offense is certainly nowhere near top 10. They don't have the ability to have a defense support the offense, even though the defense has played well enough to win games. The offense can't support itself. The execution is awful. And it's it's like watching – play after play after play, like everywhere you look, there's a breakdown. You know, it, it only takes one or two guys not to do their job for a play to break down. And you're seeing it almost every play. It has become the norm and not the exception to the rule. So I believe that what you're hoping for now is just to see this team get better. That's why I talked about all of this in the beginning of the, uh, the program. First, they talked about youth. Okay, they're young. And then it was, well, let's see if Jordan Love can win. And then it was, well, we've only played one game in so many days. We're out of rhythm. Okay. Then it was, well, all the penalties and stuff are killing us, you know, on and on. Okay. Then it was, well, we've got injuries. We, You know, Aaron Jones isn't there, so they, they can't win. Okay. Then it was getting Christian Watson back. Okay. But what excuse are they going to make it? Now the next four weeks are all noon games. Here comes your routine and your rhythm. Injuries aside, injuries aside, you got to figure it out, right? Then it was a loss of Bakhtiari. Throw that in there. Oh, that was a jumble. They they counted a lot on David Bakhtiari to be back and be healthy, and, and then that became a jumble. You know, I get it, but in the National Football League, you can't count on anybody to be healthy. It's a game of physicality. At any moment, at any time, anywhere on the field, even on the practice field, a guy can get hurt and then suddenly not be available. So you always have to prep the backups as if they are going to be the starters. That, that's, the, that's the old saying in football. You prepare like you're a starter, whether you are or not. Then it was, well, the kicker missed a field goal. Then it was, well, they, this guy fumbled. and it, 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 There's always an excuse when you lose. 
And right now, the losers are full of excuses. Oh, we got to check the tape. I, I don't know. Yes, you do know. Yes, you do know. This guy, that guy, that guy, they all failed. Your quarterback didn't see this and this and this, and he failed. Then your defense didn't see this and this and this, and he failed. Joe Barry, he's playing soft coverage on a third and two with 12 guys beyond the line of scrimmage. He failed. I mean, you can point out, you can just throw a dart at a dartboard and say, these are all the reasons we failed. I get it. It's a younger team. It's a younger um, primary position when you talk about wide receivers and tight ends and an inexperienced quarterback. I get all of that. But just the excuse, what I said at the beginning of the season was, Will we see this team make the same mistakes over and over and over again? Because if they're not and they're progressing, I'm good with that. I don't care if they end up with two wins. I'm good with that. But everything I didn't want to see at the beginning of the season is happening every week. It's happening on almost every play. It's always an excuse why this or that didn't work. So as much as I want to blame the youth and inexperience, and maybe the draft choices or the level of talent or whatever. But ultimately, as a coach, it's your job to fix the mistakes. And if guys are incapable of fixing their own mistakes and they just can't do it, well, then you got to find somebody else that can. It's that simple. Because in this game of football, you're only as good as your weakest link. And if you keep running your weakest link out there, you're not going to have success. And you're never going to be able to really truly evaluate what it is you're doing because your weakest link is screwing everything up. So, you know, again, not to be the bucket of cold water, but to me, it's not about the postseason. It's about getting a win, getting into a rhythm, and getting better and stop making the same dumbass mistakes week in and week out. And if you keep seeing that, then Matt LaFleur has to go. Has to. You cannot have a coach that keeps allowing the same mistakes week in and week out to happen. You can't call. You can't mask them by saying growing pains. You can't mask them by saying, "Well, we're young." Yeah, you're young at the wide receiver and the tight end position. The rest of the football field, you are not. You're not young, and that's the problem. And John says, "I'm starting to wonder if the plays are too complicated. They could be, but you've got the quarterback saying we need to open it up, and the coach calling plays basically one on one because." some of the guys in the field aren't even getting it. They're not even getting it. So what do you do? Do you open up the playbook even more and allow the, you know, do you just look at guys and guys, guys, you got to learn it and just, and go. I mean, what do you do? And I understand that predicament. Matt LaFleur is in a hell of a, in a hell of a spot right now because you have got, literally you've got the quarterback saying, we got to open it up. I want to open it up. We want to do things. We want to do this and this and this. Okay. But you've got two wide receivers running the exact same route, and they don't even know where the hell they're supposed to be. You've got an offensive tackle who, on a screenplay, forgets to block the defensive end. He comes and blows it up. He actually hangs on to your running back coming out of the backfield. He can't even throw him a pass because he's not even in the place he needs to be because he's getting beat up by a defensive end because your tackle's standing there with his head on a swivel looking around at who to block, and there's nobody. Uh, you know, so I, as much as I was looking forward to last week, uh, I guess I'm back with a little bit of hope for this week. But I think I'm like a lot of you, that you want to see things work this week. And if they don't work this week, man, I think 
lot of people are throwing their arms in the air saying, okay, I don't know what to think now. 877-867-1670, if you want to find us uh, or get your voice to be heard, uh, absolutely, I would love to hear it. Love to hear your thoughts on all of this. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, this weekend, big weekend, coming up on Saturday night, uh, they want to remind people they've got specials going on and they're going to have the uh, the Badgers and the Buckeyes on the big screen. So come on out on Saturday night, even Sunday too, but uh, they've got a lot of specials going on this weekend. And they are the home of the Pig Porker Sandwich, that big Pig Porker Sandwich. But they've got good pizzas, really good wraps. And uh, when I go there, that's the chef salad is one of the things that I go for because that chef salad is the way a chef salad is supposed to be. It's delicious. So check that out as well. That's our friends at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Lakeview Boulevard in Pewaukee, right there on Pewaukee Lake. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031-2023. A reminder, coming up this Sunday, we're going to be at Burkles. Burkles, one block over. We're going to be there after the game. The Green and Gold Post Game Show going to emanate live from there for, for every home game, for that matter. So come on by on uh, on Sunday. Immediately following Green Bay and Minnesota, we are going to be at Burkles, one block over. Looking forward to it. The Green and Gold Post Game Show live from the good place, too. Uh, big place. Uh, I didn't realize it was that big, but uh, big place. So come on by. And uh, say hi after the game. Would love to see you. So we're going to be there after the ball game. Uh, coming up after the top of the hour, Mark Schofield is going to be joining us from SB Nation. We'll talk with him. Coming up here in just a little bit as we start to run through the rest of the NFL. Looking forward to that. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to him. Um, the, uh, David says, I refuse to believe that playbooks are that difficult. After a month or so of practice, players – should be mostly dialed in. To me, it's all coach speak, uh, their way of saying, and no one is as smart as they are. Um, here's the thing. When it comes to the playbook, the playbook is easy. The playbook is easy. It's what to do in certain situations. Like, if you run a specific play, but yet when you line up, against a certain personnel package, suppose you're supposed to block a down lineman and they go with one lineman and six or seven DBs and a couple of outside guys or and then two middle linebackers. 
Okay, then that's not a personnel group that you're, you're accustomed to. you got to find the guy to go get. Or, let's say, you have to run a specific route. But yet the guy, you're supposed to do a, um, you know, an inside cross. But the guy has got total inside leverage and nobody's on the outside. Nobody's covering the outside portion of the field. They're in man coverage and your guy, your outside receiver is going to just to run a straight go. You're a slot receiver that's supposed to run a, a cross, a five-yard cross, but yet he's got total inside leverage on you. Well, your then option is, and the quarterback should see this, your then option is should be a quick five-yard out or an out and up if you've got clear land in front of you. So it's not only to run your route, to know what your route is, it's to see the way the defense is going to play you and what areas they are going to give up. You see what I'm saying? It's not as easy as just saying, I'm going to run this. You know, I mean, a lot of times it does happen that way. But you can't just say, I'm going to run this. Because sometimes the defense dictates the way you're supposed to go, and they're going to give you specific areas that if you understand what you're supposed to do and you're in sync with your quarterback, then you understand the flat area to go to or the open area to go to or whatever, you know. Um, but it's, it's not as simple as looking at the play and going, okay, this is what I run. And if you, if, if you do have to run your route, you have to run your route and get open. You have to be able to run your man off. So if you have a guy that's pressing inside and you've got to run an inside cross, a, a, a you know, five-yard cross, you've got to figure a way to get that guy to fall back behind you and cut underneath him to get open. Because if you can't run him off that pattern, then everything you just said is for not anyway because he's got the lead on you. So you can't lead your receiver with a pass because technically you're leading the defender. So it's up to the wide receiver to run that guy off off of the pattern. That's what you're trying. You know where you're going. He doesn't. So you got to be able to run him off. And it, there's an intricacy to it. You know, now if you're running the football and you're running, you know, if you're running a, you know, between the tackles, okay, you know, that's easy. Maybe you got a pulling guard, maybe you got a pulling tackle, whatever. Maybe you got a quick delay, you know, shotgun delay handoff, whatever. I mean, okay, that's kind of easy. But when it comes to running routes and being on the same page, that that gets a little more difficult. But at this point in time, you've seen enough erroneous play on 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 tape that you should at least have an understanding of what it is you're supposed to be doing. I agree with you. And to have two guys run the exact same pattern, that's unforgivable. I mean, that's happened numerous times. That's unforgivable. It's one time to do it, and you go, oh, crap. Boy, I never do that again. It's another time to, ha- to have it, another thing to have it happen over and over again. Because you, you, you're finally, as a head coach, you're like, what the hell are you thinking? What, where is your mind? Explain to me where your mind is. And then either he's going to say, I heard it wrong, or he's going to say, I didn't realize that I was the two guys opposed to the one, whatever, you know. But to have it happen once, shame on you. To have it happen two and three times, you don't need to play anymore. 877-867-1670. Skinny from Madison says, LaFleur keeps running a few screens that never work. Why is he continuing to run them? Uh, Blows my mind. 
because they worked when they were running them against the, the, the Bears. They've run them before. When I don't know if you saw the breakdown, but one of them was a screen. Why do they not work? Why do the screen plays not work? Because the blocking up front has sucked. They're there. I mean, the, the, the screen play is there. You can see the, the, the defensive lineman crashing. You can see the end coming down. You can see it. It's set up to work. But it only takes one guy to miss the block, and it screws the whole thing up. It's, it disrupts the play. Screen plays are a timing play. You got to drop back. You got to wait. You got to let that rush come. And by the time they then realize it's a screen play, they have to start backpedaling. By then, you've got them blocked, and you've got your your back out of the backfield or your bubble screen off to the side for a wide receiver screen, and you hit him quick. And then he's following the blockers downfield. That's the way it's supposed to work. The problem is you've got guys that don't know who they're supposed to block. It ran well in game one. And don't forget, you also had Bakhtiari in game one. It ran well in game one. Since then, it's been disrupted. So part of it is, I get it, part of it is you can call the play because it's worked and guys know what they're supposed to do. The other part of it is execution. But if you're going to keep making the same mistakes, what do I do? Do I blame that on the coaching or do I blame that on the player? And it's not like you can just go around and start sitting everybody, you know? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. That's the phone number you want to hit us up. You can do so. Coming up after the top of the hour, our buddy Mark Schofield. We're going to take a look at the Packers, and we are going to then take a look around the rest of the NFL. Hang in there. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. <laughs> 